Welcome back to episode two of the revamped locomotion cast, uh, locomotioners. Uh, I'm Colin or Drac or Drake victims. or whatever you want to call me. Yes, victims once again. Uh, and I'm here with my co-host, Matthew. Yeah. What's Say up, hello? victims? <laughs> my name is Matthew. I'm here delivering the content on the daily. Yes. Locomotion crew, we out here grinding. I'm selling my bathwater if anyone wants it. <laughs> Dude, I again, I wish I could sell my bathwater. Please DM me on Twitter if you would buy it. Uh, today we're doing the movie cast. Um, I want to preface this beforehand before you get into what into I almost said watching before you get into listening to us. Uh, we're gonna talk about the following movies. So if you don't want spoilers, uh, the, well, for you, we're talking Shazam and Far From Home as far as what's come out. And we will probably be, actually most definitely be dropping spoilers. <laughs> so, if you want to avoid spoilers, I'd go ahead and click out of here now. Um, and yeah, let's get straight started And it. Yes, um, I saw both Shazam and Spider-Man Far From Home pre-screening. So I guess, Matthew, do you want to start with either movie, or do you want me to start, or what do we want to do? I guess we can start with Shazam, because chronologically that came out first. Um... I've also seen both. I did not see this pre-screen of Shazam. I did see a pre-screen of Far um, From Home. Yes, we saw that. We saw Far From Home together. Also, just to kind of like preface on this whole thing, Colin is definitely more into the movie scene than I am. Um, so like, if you guys are kind of looking for like thoughts on who you should be listening to more, I like I just kind of go to movies and like I enjoy it. I don't really know what's up with all the movies or like what the the lore is if you will but well, i definitely enjoyed both these movies um and so just onto the plot i guess for shazam definitely an interesting plot um but i did feel like they kind of threw you so like the opening scene with the car and how mm-hmm. this so, so so i want to i'll start out with the opening scene of the car um for those of you that have that haven't seen it, um, when you get into Shazam, the movie begins, and there's a little boy in a car, and uh, he gets transported to the wizard Shazam, um, who tries to see if he's worthy of receiving his powers, um, and then he's found out to be not worthy, sent back to the car, and he starts freaking out and causes his dad to wreck. That was so confusing. Matthew, continue. <laughs> I was just gonna say, like, so basically, since we've already said we're dropping spoilers, this dude, the little kid, grows up to be the villain of the movie. Um, and it was supposed to kind of be a plot twist that, like, little homie that we saw at the beginning, um, turns out to be like the villain. Like, I feel like they could have done that so much better. Like, it was so obvious. I felt like that the little kid was gonna end up being the villain of the movie, because like. Excuse me, recording this a little bit late at night. Um, I feel like with the way movies have been kind of transitioning um, in movie culture from the ones I've seen, like they try to make villains not wholly bad. Like you saw it with Thanos, how he's like he has good intentions in his mind, but like he's also trying to kill hella people. And like with this villain Shazam, like he's he's a villain because of mental health and his traumatized past, like. We don't have to do this, y'all. We can just make them shitty people. 
like mm-hmm. really good villains in my opinion, like Cruella Deville from One Hundred and One Dalmatians. There is literally not a single good thing or redeeming quality about Cruella Deville, and it just makes me feel more passionate watching the movie that I want the good guys to win. Like when I go into a movie, I want like my emotions to be taken on a roller coaster, and I don't have to do anything. Like, yeah. I'm paying for this experience and like I want the studio You to... don't want to have to focus on the plot too much. Yeah. Like I don't want to have to think. I don't want to have to like evaluate the decisions. It should like, just it's... be a smooth ride. You shouldn't have to like backtrack and plot or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, like it shouldn't have to make me be like, oh, opinion he's like dude, no, make him like good or bad. Make it good versus like it doesn't have to be all of this, like, skirting around the definition of evil. Like, people that are really into movies and people that want deep stuff from their movies make movies for them, too, dude. But, like, maybe don't make it as mainstream. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, Shazam was kind of weird. I th- I don't I don't think the people behind the DC movies fully like understand what. I think they're trying to go for too much of like a comparison to Marvel stuff than their own stuff, and they don't really know how to fit into their genre very well yet. Yeah. So I think it's going to take some improvement on their part from that. I guess leading on to that, speaking of Marvel, we're going to move on to Spider-Man Far From Home. Yeah. One of my new favorite movies. Shit I was definitely incredible. really enjoyed it, too. It was really, really good. Um, so, what? how do I want to start this off? I want to start... haven't seen it, go see it right now. We're still going to talk about it, but y'all need to go see it. Yeah, we're going to spoil it, so... Please, if you're still going to go watch it, please turn off this podcast. I don't even care about about the ad revenue anymore. Turn it off. Go do something else. Please. <laughs> Anyways. um, So, starting off, I will say, I watched, so the only review I've watched of Far From Home so far is the review by my boy Moist Critical with his Moist Meter series. Um, and I agree with some, with one of the points he made mainly. That Spider-Man doesn't have that much action. Mm-hmm. The scenes that he is in, and he's doing, it's like he's, it's Peter Parker's actually Spider-Man, and he's do, he's like in a fight or something. Absolutely badass, right? But there's too much Peter Parker. Not enough, like, oh, I'm being Spider-Man, I'm being badass, and this, the fuck i keep doing this i keep hitting my ear button that keeps falling out and stuff sorry about that listeners i'm gonna try and denoise that anyways um the first scene that you see him being in it's not like before where it's like super actiony like it should be it's very like um it's very underwhelming but i sort of get it he's dealing with grief he's upset he, he's not really the spider-man that he was before um, in Endgame, but it's he's still like courageous and brave and like jumping in to help, but he's not like as powerful as he was before. And I do like that transition, but I do wish there was more like of a fight scene and less of just like boohoo, I'm sad. Yeah, Let it, me go like wallow in my class trip and it try really and get to Gucci. Peter Parker Far From Home. 
Yes. Like, even in the scenes where he's Spider-Man, you hear a lot of these inner monologues of Peter Parker. Like, it, mm-hmm. there's a lot of character development of Peter in the movie. Not as much like, yeah, like I, I agree with that 100%. And I hadn't even really thought about that. And, and I so, understand it. I understand it again on the point that, like, Spider Man in the MCU doesn't have as much development as all the other characters have so far. Yeah. Every character except for Captain Marvel has good character development so far. So, but Spider Man still needs that. And uh, the way they're trying to move him along is on par with Endgame, and Endgame just happened. So they're trying to, like, redevelop this character that they created in Homecoming with all these action and just, like, a basic backstory to becoming this, like, this new Tony Stark hero figure from a teenager. So yeah, I think it's going to be a lot of work that they had to put in for that. Yeah, like, that they toned down his power level in Far From Home. Like, in the scene where he's winning the fight, um, it's almost not even because of his spider powers. Like, it's it's because, like, this is gonna sound weird, but it feels like Peter Parker defeats the villain and not Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And, like, Cause I think those, good, cause they're, they're gonna revamp, like, obviously, I think, like, the, the next logical step is, like, they might throw a couple plot twists in the next movie, but, like, since we're just gonna keep discussing and spoiling the whole thing, I see him defeating this, I guess, group of people that now become the villain. He has mm-hmm. complete control of the fucking system. And, like, he basically becomes a combination of Spider-Man and Iron Man, who, other than Hulk, are, like, arguably the weakest people in the MCU at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but combined, they could be really 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 strong yeah and i want to talk about what were your thoughts on um the villain for those of you that don't know um the villain in far from home is an old comic book classic um from the spider-man comic books mysterio who is a uh, quentin beck a um i'm trying to think of like of how he's described in the comic books, he's a visual effects artist that has gone rogue, and his one task is to destroy Spider-Man. But in this movie, his whole task is to destroy Tony Stark because Tony Stark took his life's work and destroyed it and turned it into this like his own creation. So he has this him and his whole team all have their own vengeances against Tony Stark. Yeah, I mean, like as I said in the Shazam thoughts. It's once again, like, this dude has a reason for being evil. He is not a wholly evil character. Um, and, like, it's easy to see his motives. Like, you see what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. it's I could sympathize with Mysterio for throughout most of the movie. Like, I, I kind of felt bad for the guy. And, like, I don't know if that's how Marvel intended me to feel. But I feel like it's how they messaged you. Especially with that scene where RDJ is premiering the product. And mm, it was a scene from uh from Civil War. Um the scene where he releases his like 
the thing where it's supposed to be like his therapy thing where he can recreate the night before his parents died. Uh-huh. So that turns out to be Mysterio's life work. Mm-hmm. And it, it does feature, there, there's a lot of backstory that you need to have seen the um, original uh, Iron Man movies to understand because it features the one of the characters from Iron Man 1, um, Civil War, all that. It's a big MCU heavy, past heavy movie. Yeah. I do think that like Mysterio is a relatable character to today though because it focuses his ending line focuses all on the idea of like people will believe anything today and people need something to believe in. So like I do think that fits today with like the mantras today if I don't want to get too political again but fake news and all that the like the massive impact media has on our political views mm-hmm. our culture in this country. Yeah. And lastly, before so before we move off of Far From Home, I want to talk about the end credit scene. Boy, oh boy, <laughs> was that a throwback. My, the fact is, that we had J.J. Abrams and we had Alex Jones <laughs> and we so, had Peter Parker's identity being revealed and we had the crush that he had worked so hard the entire movie to get, she turns on him literally in the final seconds of the movie and thinks he's a bad guy. Like, it's so much. Well, we don't know that she thinks he's the bad guy. Dude, she turns around like, the face, like, the look on her they face. They both like, turn around like, just like an oh shit face. What just happened? Like, I mean, like, I don't, I don't really under, know what's gonna happen with MJ. But yeah, the ending credit scene, if you didn't watch, you'll probably be able to find it on YouTube by the time this podcast goes up. But um, it starts out, and it's the it's the like end to the end scene of the movie. And, it, and the movie ends with Peter Parker and MJ swinging around. Um, and then he, she, they land, and, he, and he's like, okay, I should probably go now. And he jumps up onto this lamppost and the TV screen in like Times Square or wherever starts playing a news feed, and it plays a it plays a clip that they had apparently just gotten from the fight that was a fake clip of Mysterio saying Peter Parker has grew uh, I mean it's like Spider-Man has access to an army of killer drones uh, and he's using it to just to and he's using them against me and that's where all the drones came from uh and, and Peter Parker's real I mean his Spider-Man's real identity is Peter Parker and then so that's the plot twist and then it switches over to uh, the Daily Bugle, which is which is the actor for J. Jonah Jameson from the original Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies. My favorite thing ever in that movie. But yeah, major plot twists all around. I think one of the best Marvel end credit scenes. It is making me already excited for the next Spider-Man movie. Or any movie that Spider-Man is featured in, which is going to be exciting. You have anything else to add? Okay, uh, so I want to talk about a couple of different movies that I'm hyped for. Uh, first off, I want to talk about the new Disney um, movies. Obviously, we have The Lion King coming out soon. We have Mulan, which the trailer just dropped for, and we have The Little Mermaid that just got sort of announced the casting. So I want to hear your input on that. I want to talk mainly about like the fact that they're getting remade. Um, and how we think that's going to go by with older audience audiences versus the goal of it, where it's to capture newer audiences. Uh, 
So I already see a lot of controversies throwing up with older audiences saying like, oh, this isn't uh, true to the classic. But what I don't really get, and I saw a tweet about this that really kind of caught my attention, and I'm basically going to give the same take they did. Um, so, like, if you guys didn't know, an African American girl, I don't remember her name, is getting casted as the Little Mermaid. But, like, so now there's all this outcry that's not, like, you know, completely true to the classic, but, like, no one said this when Jason Momoa was casted as Aquaman. So, like,. Well, did Aquaman have a true movie adaptation originally? It was... I don't know. It could have been just the comics, but that's true. Yeah, it was... Aquaman's weird. Aquaman doesn't have really the necessarily the following that Little Mermaid does. I don't know how to explain it. Well, I'm a Little Mermaid stan. Honestly, I watched that movie so many times. <laughs> Can we I get that? In there? I, I I hope I hope that one of can someone tomorrow like whenever you hear this podcast, please just tweet at me at Draco T Dragon. I'm a little mermaid stan, and don't explain right. anything to me because I'm obviously gonna forget this. But I'm gonna laugh my ass off, please. I self identify with the term little mermaid stan. <laughs> um. Um. <sighs> uh, but yeah, I just think that it's like I like the idea that Walt Disney has been going for where he's like, oh, I'm gonna remake movies every 20 years, but I just think that like, they keep it to the same animation style, they don't get freaking Seth Rogen in Lion King <laughs> like, the way they cast the Lion King is just insane, I probably won't even go see it it's probably not gonna be my thing the next thing I wanted to talk was another new movie adaptation that I'm kind of excited for, kind of in on. Um, some of you probably have watched the, I forget what year it is, 2003 maybe? That's as old as me. Hold on, we're going to look this up. Um, the new Hellboy movie. Hellboy was originally in, can my internet work please? Uh, 2004, I was close. Um, I watched the original Hellboy movie on Netflix maybe like a year or two ago. I love that movie. I don't know how they're going to pull the same thing off. It does not look as good with the new one. I had no idea what you're talking about, so I have no thoughts. So you can just go off. Yeah, it's new director, new everything. Uh, Doug, do you even know what Hellboy's about? Nope. It's basically a demon gets raised by a, a human dude in, on Earth and gets turned into like a fighting machine. Oh, fuck. Oh, and apparently it did already come out, but I never saw it. Okay, well, I need to go see that, but it doesn't look like the reviews are... Yeah, the reviews aren't too hot. 17% on Rotten Tomatoes. 3.8 out of 5 on Facebook and a 5.3 out of 10. Let's read some of the reviews here, because I really want to know what this is saying. Uh, some things are better left dead. Uh, bad attitude. Yeah, I didn't think it was gonna be that good. Honestly, I just, I, honest to God, I didn't even know this movie came out. That's the kind of like press it got. I literally just looked up new movies 2019, and that came up. That's a lot. Mm. So yeah, um, 
we need more community involvement. So you guys come on to us on Twitter, um, at name tag junkie with a Y at Matthew or at Draco T Dragon for me. Um, tell us what are some of your favorite movies. We'll kind of comment on them. Favorite movies of all time, potentially. Favorite movies new uh, movies that you're hyped about soon. And we'll take a listen to all of them. Maybe respond if we can, if we find the time. Pummeled by our other responsibilities in life. Just kidding. Um, and yeah, I hope you guys have a good uh, rest of your day, rest of your night. It depends on when you watch this. Um, I hope you guys, if you haven't already, if you continue to listen and don't care about spoilers... I really hope you get out and go see some of these movies. I can tell you guaranteed Spider-Man Far From Home, even after it's being, even after having watched it once and having the whole thing spoiled. Incredible movie. I watched it a second time. 10 out of 10 still for me. Um, and yeah, anything else you want to add before we kill the recording, Doggo? No, I'm good. Okay. We will see you probably next week if we can get a good recording schedule done. Peace out.